Hi, everybody. Welcome to Jazz After Dark. Oh, my God! For those who are unfamiliar, Jazz After Dark is an unofficial Utah Jazz podcast. Uh, The reason it's After Dark is because it's, frankly, not censored, meaning that at times there's going to be cursing, hot takes, all kinds of stuff that some people will like and some people will not which is just fine by me. My name's Matt. I go by Gary the Unicorn in a number of areas. It's a long story. I will not explain it. Needless to say, you can find me on Twitter at GaryLives, but I warn you, it's not necessarily a worthy follow. Yeah, baby! Anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit about a couple of things. First and foremost, the jazz game on Wednesday at the time of this uh, recording was two days ago. We played Minnesota on the road. We beat Minnesota on the road, which was nice because we split the back-to-back with them. They beat us at home. We beat them on the road. A couple things about the game. One, the instant hatred that has come out about, well, hatred's a strong word. Before the game, it seemed like, if Twitter is any indication as to how jazz fans are, and that's the only place I really talk about the jazz with people that I don't know, People don't like Mike Conley. Rather, they don't like that he hasn't been playing uh, up to expectations. The funny thing is, is that he's not playing that bad either. He's had some bad games for sure. He's had some pretty damn good games too. I thought his game on Wednesday was middle of the road. It was every bit as good as what Ricky Rubio was giving us night after night. And uh, it was pretty funny that prior to the win, when it looked like we may not win the game, Many, many people were out there saying how horrible it was that we got Mike Conley, what a mistake it was, et cetera, et cetera. And then wouldn't you know it, after the win, well, gee, he's just the best motherfucking guard we've ever had since Stockton. Neither of those are true. He's fine, and I think he will come around. We are 15 games in. That is, I think, 15. It's Friday today. This is my second time recording this. The first recording sounded poor because I was using a different mic. 15 games in, a guy has had very little time to adjust to a new system, new coach, new players. Yes, it does matter. Will he come around? We'll see. I I would like to believe that we can get a lot more out of him than we've had. We'll see if that happens. I hope we do. That is, it remains to be seen. But certainly with a game like the one he had where he was posting okay numbers, he's going to be just fine. I think that it will be enough for the Jazz. The real problem we have is at center. Because once Gobert comes off the floor, we don't have Derek Favors there anymore. And I think this is the first game where I really felt that lack of favors. I've missed him because I've liked him. I liked him the entire time he was in Utah. But I really, I was really fine with him being gone because although we lost a great player, we picked up uh, Bogdanovich, who is not a direct replacement for favors, obviously, but does fill the gap quite nicely with some of the offensive production and uh and we have some other defensive tools who've kind of come over and and we're supposed to help like jeff green and we've seen green do okay here and there but he's certainly not a replacement for favors and sadly we don't have any options with ed davis being hurt ed davis i think is is a decent backup and i think he will be valuable on the team this year once he's healthy and back in the game Outside of that, we are struggling at the five, and Gobert simply can't play the full night. 
We can't ask that of him, and ultimately he'll get injured if that's what happens. So that's a, a big thing that I think the Jazz are facing right now. Other than that, I would say that Mike Conley is the, the variable. I don't think it's a problem. I think he'll be fine, and I think we're seeing examples of him getting better and becoming more and more comfortable on the on the floor with this team. Uh, okay, let, let's do a couple things. Number one, hot take that uh, very few people seem to have. I know my, my friend Boosh, my lifelong friend, he's on Twitter, but he probably wouldn't want me to give out his, his uh, handle, so I won't. And a couple of others feel the same way as I do about this next thing, and it's that Joe Ingles is not the GOAT. So first of all, GOAT, I'm sure all of you know this, greatest of all time. If you're calling him the GOAT because you think it's funny, that's fine. If you're calling him the GOAT because you think he's legitimately up there with Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and more recent LeBron James, fuck that. He's not. He's a very good basketball player. I like him. He's funny. He's a nice guy. Good guy, I think. Great shooter when he's on. He's not the fucking GOAT. Stop it. It's just dumb shit. It sounds stupid, first of all. It sounds stupid. Now, if you're trying to be funny, fine, whatever. It's like the headband thing. The headband was adorable that night. The next day, it was still kind of funny. It's played. Let's stop that because it's not that funny. The headband thing with Utah, I don't get it. Who cares if people wear headbands or not? Frankly, I think it's ridiculous that anybody would give it any consideration. Like the, the jersey colors or the shoes. I'm not going to use the, the term colorways, by the way, because I think it's ridiculous. But who fucking cares what the jersey color is? Right? Those gold jerseys, they're not going to hurt us. They don't look that bad. I mean, maybe you don't like them. That's fine. But it, it's not a big deal. It's really not. Like, people are, and I don't want to say they're actually crying, but their behavior or their posts on Twitter may make it appear as though they are. Like, the city league or the city jerseys are going away, right? Okay. We had them. You know, it's not like all of a sudden the Jazz are going to be moved to the uh, development league here. We can relax a little bit. But people are talking about it as though it's this massive shift in, in the momentum of quality and progress for the Jazz. It's not. The gold jerseys, whatever. The, I think the mountain logo is dumb as fuck. And I love the era that it comes from. I was at the finals games, some of them. I was at a lot of games those years. I loved that Jazz team. Uh, Stockton, Malone will forever be two of my favorite players. I've had customized license plate with Stockton's name on it. I tried to name my son Stockton. That was vetoed by my ex-wife. No problem. We got a good name for the kid anyway. The point is, is that the mountain logo is balls and it's coming back. And I get that everyone's excited because it reminds them of, of that era and whatnot. And a lot of people, that's when they really found their jazz fandom. Great. I get it. But the country western jazz font is also stupid. It's not really indicative of, of the state, if you ask me, which no one did. I don't care, however, because does the ball go in the hoop? At the end of the game, do we have more points than the other team? That's what matters to me. I want to like the players. I want the players to be good people. But I want to win. I want a jazz championship. I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe ever. It would be great if it did. And I think we have a shot now and maybe next year, depending on how things fall, uh, to get really close. And I think the talent is, is potentially there. But we need a, a couple of pieces. One, Joe Ingles has to play better. If he really is the GOAT or any version of that, meaning if he's 
just a great player, then he has to play like a great player. This extension so far doesn't look like a good, a good move. I'm suspect of it. His game on Wednesday was horrible. Horrible. He didn't hit a three, if I recall. I don't have the stats up in front of me. I did. I don't now. And uh, I think he had three points. I mean, just not a good outing. Just not a good outing. Um, really sad, right? So I think he may be in a slump, but he really hasn't been playing overly great or consistent since sometime towards the end of last season. And it's too bad because I think he's a good player and I think he's a good guy. But frankly, I'd rather have almost anybody in there if they're going to be playing better than him. Uh, something funny brought up by Mark. Mark, what is your handle these days? I am Mark M88, something like that. He brought up the disparity between um, between Boyan's. Uh, I think he had a, a, a positive thirty on the game, and I think or his plus minus was plus thirty, and I think Moutier's was was minus thirty, so a sixty point swing. That's wild. Moutier is a chucker. I mean, he just is. He's replaced Jay Crowder at that. I mean, Donovan's a chucker too, but we love Donovan, and, and most of the time uh, he seems like he finds a way to make the ball go in the hoop. He's actually shooting much better this year. But, man, Moody is a chucker. And I, I actually kind of like him. I thought his, his little uh, his move the other night, the, the fake around the back, was gorgeous. I had the, the fortune of being right there. My daughter and I saw it, and she's just now getting into the jazz. She's 15. She's kind of started to get into them, and she thought it was really cool. And it was. It was great. But it was followed by a pretty atrocious performance on Wednesday, the 20th. So this is what happens with, with players, right? Across the league, since uh, basketball started, you get people who can play well, people who don't always play well, and some people who are superstars. Moutier, I think, is actually a decent addition to the jazz. I think he brings us uh, some bench strength, which we have very little of, it would seem. Um, but man, what a bad game. Uh, so hot take two here. I, I think George uh, Niang, George George's, Gorges, I think he's a nice guy. I really like the stuff he says. I thought it was petty when he tried to come back on some tweet against, uh, well, we'll get to that guy later. But Whatever. I think he's a really, really nice guy. And he, he can certainly hit the three here and there. But every time he gets on the court, I cringe. I'm always so nervous every time the ball lands in his hands. And I don't know that I'll overcome that. And I think a lot of people are there with me. And maybe not. But he doesn't really seem like somebody who I would consider like a strong role player or a bench player. But who else do we have? You know, all these staples that we'd had prior seem to be gone. And I know that we only had... Um, Epe Udo for a season, maybe two. I can't remember all of a sudden. Uh, I liked him, and I think he'd be a great person to have back on the team, but I have a feeling he doesn't want to just come back and be kind of, I think I saw someone on Twitter say he's like an insurance policy, and that's really what he would have been. I'm fine with that. I wish we, we had the opportunity to get him. Uh, we'll see how it goes. It's at times like this, however, that I miss people like Howl Neto. Yes, he's handsome. Yes, he's got that nice guy look and, and appeal, and he's a, a good, hard-working little bulldog. He wasn't going to win us really a lot, but I felt like when he came on the floor, there was still hope that good things could happen. I think he's a pretty good basketball player for, uh, for a non-starter in the league, and I think he's probably better than a third string, but, you know, not always, and certainly he's had injury issues and whatnot, but I liked having him on the team. I miss having that kind of 
backup player on the team, not just names that I recognize, which is admittedly part of it, but people that I felt comfortable coming in, even if they weren't great. Right now, our, our bench looks largely horrible. Jeff Green, who I think has a lot of potential and can certainly hit uh, threes, especially those little spot-up threes there in the corners and whatnot, but he's not been playing overly well. In fact, I, I, I don't have any stats on me. I didn't uh, grab my stat sheet here or my phone or whatever you want to call it, and I'm not really a stats guy. I get it. Uh, some of them are really, really interesting. Some of them, the advanced stats, I'm like, give it a rest because as far as I'm concerned, that takes the fun out of the game a lot of the time, and it makes it more about studying a game instead of just enjoying a game. But I get it. It's just not really my thing a lot of the time. Like, I don't really care how many screen assists Rudy Gobert sets. Um, sorry, David Locke. That's just, that doesn't really matter a whole hell of a lot to me, or really at all. Sometimes I think it's interesting. Some stats and some advanced stats are really cool, but others it's like, well, how many times did he dribble with his left hand on the right side of the court and then do a reverse layup while Rudy Gobert was looking at his shoes? Because when he does that six times a game, the Jazz win. Fuck off with that kind of stuff. It doesn't make you sound smart. It makes you sound like a nerd. And I get that nerds are supposed to be smart, but I think it makes you sound like a nerd in the 80s rhetoric, which is to say you sound like an idiot. But advanced stats, guys, you're great. Riley, you're great. Um, I'll get to the other one who I mentioned earlier, not by name, in a minute. Where was I? Fuck, I don't even know where I was. I have no idea. Uh, Yeah, bottom line is we don't have a a bench that I think is going to do us much good. And that's scary. Jeff Green, that's where I was. We need Jeff Green to overperform. We need him to at least perform at his best and, and to be consistent about it. The depth in the, in the playoffs will, I think, largely be determined by the depth of our, our bench quality. And at this time, not a good look. Gobert comes off the floor, and it seems like we're absolutely treading water at best. And we can't expect loads to be held by anyone else, really. I mean, Donovan Mitchell does his best, and we've got... Uh, Bogdanovich, who's been really a welcome addition. He's killing it. And Royce O'Neal seems to be shooting the ball well, but these guys are our starting, our starting five. And Conley, if he gets better, that'll help. But what happens when these guys are off the, off the, the court there? And Ingles comes in, and Jeff Green comes in, and Moutier comes in, and the next thing you know, we are losing. And that's happened a lot this season, it seems. So I'm a little nervous about that. I think that's probably my, my biggest concern right now is not Mike Conley's performance. It's, uh, it's, it's the lack of strength at, uh, on the bench. Now, when Ed Davis comes in, that will almost undoubtedly improve. We'll see, because Tony Bradley was not the answer. Okay, uh, let's go to some other things here. I teased to my plethora of followers, I think I'm at almost two dozen now, that I would be mentioning some of my least favorite jazz Twitter people. Three is what I said. I don't know that I'm going to give any names, um, and I don't know how harsh I'm going to be, because believe it or not, even though I come across as a total fucking prick on Twitter, um, I'm actually not that mean. I'm actually not that bad of a guy. I can be. But man to man, man to woman, whatever you want to call it, man to non-gender, man to plant, man to fire hydrant, if I'm with you, the chances are I'm going to respect you and be nice to you unless you have shown that you don't deserve that. But on Twitter, I'm probably going to call you a fuck toaster or whatever because that's what I do. I'm actually mostly sincere and real on Twitter, but I'm just 
you know, I don't have a lot of patience or, or, or manners. That said, I genuinely like uh, jazz Twitter. Most people that I interact with, I think, are, are pretty good people. I tease just about everybody. Just today, I think I teased, is it Tara Bear, Tara, about her grammar because I'm an asshole like that. She's awesome. I'm not going to tease her for reals. Uh, it didn't stop me from being a dick. So am I sorry? Mm, maybe a little. However, I got to get to these people. So number one offender to me. At one time, back in my first Twitter days, so from like 2008 till 2011, uh, he and I followed each other. I think we would be considered Twitter friends. And not since. And he's got a decent following, and, and I, I can't fathom how people find him interesting. He's, I think he's a nice guy, and I'm sure as a, as a human being, he's great. But on Twitter, he's got two jokes, multiple iterations of these two jokes, and it's never funny. Like, good God, it's not funny at all. And the first one is, uh, and I'm sure you've all guessed it by now, Derek Fisher lied three times to get out of his contract. One, we don't actually necessarily know what happened because none of us were there and none of us really have the insights Two, maybe he did who fucking cares he's Derek Fisher he was a Laker and three drop it drop it it's not funny it, it was maybe funny once or twice but it's not funny now and the beating of a dead horse repeatedly isn't funny either it doesn't work for family guy and it sure as fuck doesn't work for this not only that, but Derek Fisher's daughter had cancer. Let's not forget that. So, yeah, it's just, it's just it leads into the next one too, but um, drop it. Yeah, drop it. It's not funny. Or don't drop it. I don't care. But I think it's stupid. And I think that anyone who finds it funny continuously needs to learn what real humor is. That leads to the second joke, that uh, beating of a dead horse, which hasn't been going on as long, but I digress. Who fucking cares who gives a shit if Gordon Hayward did or did not call Gail Miller? Honestly, who cares? It's no skin off our backs, right? And we don't know the truth there. In fact, uh, I won't name names, especially because I think this person would actually be pretty upset if I dropped his name, even if only five people are going to listen to this. But considering that I, I, I once had a podcast with many, many thousands of listeners each episode, um, it's it's not impossible that this will get popular enough one day that it, I could have 50 listeners. Who knows? The point is that I'm not going to drop names uh, unless I feel like it's appropriate. And in this case, I don't. But someone extremely close to both Gail Miller and Gordon Hayward is a good friend of mine. This person has told me that most of the, the media and most jazz fans have got it wrong. Hayward did not leave in, in the fashion that, that has been suggested or even uh, reported on. And while I think there was some dishonesty in the way he left, ultimately, who cares? He's not a bad guy. He wanted to play for his old coach. And he wanted to play for a team with a legacy and a team that he thought had a better chance of winning. It's a business. If anyone can, can honestly say they wouldn't do the same thing, good for you. I would. If someone was like, hey, would you like to play for someone you know really well that you like, that helped you in your formidable years, and uh, for, for a team with a better name and a bigger market and uh, maybe a better opportunity, maybe you'd be their star and, and so forth. Yeah, I'd probably do it. I love Utah, and I, th I think that Hayward did great while he was here, and I think that largely his success was due to Quinn Snyder and to his time here. 
but maybe he didn't feel that way. And so for us to continually just bag on the guy, people cheering when he got hurt both times, although less the second time, like that's fucking pathetic. I'm pretty bad, but come on, that's bad. You know, I'm, I'm glad that Hayward came back and started having a dynamic season. I wish that he hadn't been hurt again. I'm mad that he's not on the jazz anymore. And I think that he was kind of a dick in the way he went about it. But this whole bullshit about how he didn't reach out to Gail or he didn't call Gail. It, first of all, it's not funny. Second of all, it's not funny enough to continually say. And third, I get the feeling like this guy doesn't have all the fucking answers. In fact, I'm sure he doesn't. But you know what? Ride your stick, man. I ride mine. Doesn't matter. Whatever. I just don't think it's funny. And I don't follow him for that reason. So person number two uh, is not Ben Dowsett. Dowsett? Dowsett? How do you say his name? Um, It's not him. But man, that guy really rubs people the wrong way. Probably because he seems like an arrogant prick. I don't know him. So I'm not going to say that he is or is not an arrogant prick. Um, I know people that think that. Whatever. He is who he is. Uh, Ben, if you are an arrogant prick, be nicer. And if you're not, then keep doing your thing. Or don't be nice and be a prick. I don't care. I don't think people like him, and I think some people do like him. Welcome to the world. Person two is also not Mark. Uh, And I think Mark knows who I'm talking about because he said, are you going to mention my name? I don't know your last name, Mark. Can you believe it? I think it starts with an E, maybe. I forget. Anyway, Mark and I have followed, unfollowed, followed, and unfollowed for years now. We now follow each other. I actually really like him. He's a good guy. I don't agree with everything he says. He posts too many tweets about the NFL, and I just don't really care that much about the NFL. So that's annoying. And he's a huge Halo fan, which is cool. I don't like first-person shooters. Other than that, nice guy. So you aren't the guy. A bunch of other people, too, are like, oh, you're going to name... Name me as your worst? No, okay, you're all a bunch of fucking idiots. Okay, every last one of you. But some of you are way worse than others. I don't want to mention McCade's name, so I won't. But somebody is young and arrogant and uh, thinks that he's the shit. He blocked me, which I thought was hilarious because I called him out on something. Uh, And then I accidentally called him McCafe because I was trying to uh, type his name into my phone and autocorrected to McCafe. And then somebody created a parody account called McCafe, which was not me. And I actually didn't really think that that was very cool. Needless to say, McCade is a nice enough guy, I'm sure. I don't know him personally, but he can come across as the biggest fucking twat. Seriously. Calling out other people as though he is God's gift to the understanding of basketball. Now, to be fair, some of what he says is spot on, or, or I agree with it. And I think that he is young if I'm not mistaken, he's still in his early 20s. So by the time he's my age, in his 40s, shit, he might be the next David Locke. I don't know. This is not me calling out his character and saying he's a bad person. This is me saying I think he's annoying as hell, and I totally get why people give him grief. McCade, if you're listening, which is unlikely, hi, hope you are happy. I hope you're a good person. Um, Yes, I do think that you are really fucking annoying sometimes, but guess what? I totally am, and I know that, so do your thing, man. Um, I just think that there's a reason why you're one of the enemies of a lot of jazz Twitter. Maybe it's because uh, there's a little bit of a holier-than-thou or I'm-better-than-everyone kind of attitude. Maybe not. But maybe look into that. It could be that, right? Uh, otherwise, keep doing your thing, man. Best of luck, and, and I wish you success. Let's see. Shall I mention this person's name? No, because that would be a, a not cool thing to do. So I won't. I will say that there are people out there who repeatedly talk about the jazz as though they 
uh, how do I put this? No, I don't put it because I will say things that I don't think I'll regret, but other people might wish that I hadn't said them. I'll say this instead. Stop being so dramatic about the team. Being a jazz fan, fan, fandom, fanatic, right? It's all in the name is wonderful. I think we've got an awesome team. There's a reason why I permanently branded my skin with a jazz emblem. I never want to forget how much I love them. I, I want it to be on me at all times. I love the jazz. But this idea that we jump ship because they are losing a game when we still have a, a substantial winning record, you know, when you're nine and five, you're far from sinking. But people, oh my God, this is the worst fucking season. Holy shit, this team's a piece of shit. Those fucking cunts. Guess what? We're fine. We're fine. And not everything is about winning and losing. And not every game is about winning and losing. And yeah, we, I, so this is something I've seen, which I think is ridiculous, but whatever. We'll be down, right? Uh, I don't know, 12 points in the, in the third quarter to a team that maybe isn't a very good team. And then there's this, this Twitter blast by multiple fans saying, I don't see how we can beat a good team and then get our asses kicked by a bad team. This team, this is the worst jazz team. We're going to fail. We should trade everybody. Worst pick ever. We shouldn't have got Mike Conley. If only we would have picked Giannis. It's like, yeah, if only, right? If only I wouldn't have uh, done some of the things I've done, or if only I would have continued to do some of the things I'd, I'd done. Things would be different for me. Did you know that I tried to invent Shazam? Years and years before it came out, a friend and I tried to invent uh, Shazam. Yeah, it was going to be cool because we couldn't remember the names of songs. And uh, we tried doing that. Had I stuck with it, who knows where I'd be right now? Probably not recording this from a cramped office. Regardless, we have to collectively as jazz fans, I think, be a little better than, and I'll get to that in a second as my final rant, uh, I think we need to be a little bit better than this wishy-washy change with the winds kind of thing if we're losing a game fine if we lose a game fine be upset all you want but remember it's a marathon not a sprint okay we'll be fine and if we don't win at all we'll be fine there too love the team love the uh the the market and the experience relax me too i need to fucking relax obviously where's my coffee shit it's out okay lastly I realize that uh, we live in a world where a lot of people hate and there's all kinds of shit about racism and sexism and, and uh, classism and all that. And you know what? I get it. I don't think anybody should be racist. Oh, and the, okay, so that's another person I, I don't like, that Tyler guy. Not the Tyler with the, the, the moose antlers behind him or the elk antlers behind him in his, in his avatar. I like that guy. Uh, no, the, the Tyler, the little bitch who goes on and talks about how he was racist and now he's not. So everyone else is racist, man, that guy's a clown. I mean, find your happiness, man, and be good and, and maybe grow up a little bit, but holy shit, that guy gave me a headache. Just such a fucking twerp. Here's the point. He thought everybody was racist. And we had this, this uh, incident with Russell Westbrook, who by the way is a total dickhole. Fuck that guy. I get it. Nobody should be racist and nobody should be saying horrible things to the players. Like as badly as I want to tell, uh, who do I hate right now? Oh, Embiid. He runs down the floor. I want to say, you know, 
oh man, some of the things I want to say, I won't even say on this. I want him to fall on his face and break his teeth. I fucking can't stand the guy. I think he's a total dick. I think he's an asshole. I think he's an arrogant prick and he's a hell of a player, but I don't like him at all. I'm not going to call him the N word because I think that's wrong. And I don't think that that's okay to do. And I'm not going to say things like stop sucking your mom's dick because I think that's disgusting and weird, but I do want to boo him. And I do want to tell him to, you know, that he's, or I don't want to, maybe I want to call him a piece of shit. Maybe I want to scream at him, whatever. I feel like that is part of the experience in uh, professional sports. One of the reasons why I've loved the jazz so much is because home games have been raucous and incredible and loud and vibrant. And this season it has felt dead. And I think part of the reason is because people are legitimately afraid to just cheer as they naturally would. And we've got these PSAs now about how it's not the enemy. They're just the opponent. I think they're the enemy when they are on the floor. They are the enemy. Now, off the floor, they're all human beings, and I hope that they're okay, and I hope they have good lives, and they contribute to society, and all that kind of stuff. But on the court, I fucking hate every last one of them. Because I want them to lose, and I want my team to win. And I'm going to yell at them, and I'm not going to be racist, and I'm not going to be uh, homophobic or anything else that is of such concern. But I think that we are neutering the experience, and I think that it's bullshit. I think the games are now soft and way quieter uh, from a fan perspective. I think that uh, there is too much governance over the fans. I mean, I watch at the games. I, I see these people who are employed by, I'm guessing, Vivint and or Larry H. Miller watching, not Vivint, that was stupid, at Vivint Smart Home Arena. I'm watching these people who are, are ushers or whatever employed by Larry H. Miller and they are watching intently the crowd and, and keeping an eye on some who are rowdy. And I am losing my interest in going to these games. It's pathetic. When the Lakers show up on, on uh, December 4th, I'm going to be there. I'm, I've got really, really good seats, actually. I'm going to be sitting quite low to the court. And I'm going to yell my ass off. And I'm not going to say things that I know will get me kicked out, but I hope that I don't say things that will. Rather, I hope that I say things that don't get me kicked out. And I hate that I even have to worry about it. And I'm not alone here. I know there's a lot of people who feel the same way. And you know what? If you don't feel that way, fine. But it is okay to be angry and yelling at the other team at certain times. And it's totally okay to boo the other team. It's totally okay to uh, cheer for your own team. And I think it's okay to get crazy. I don't think it's okay to use racist language, especially if it's overtly racist. And I don't think it's okay to use... Um, particularly hateful speech, although I'm a big-time First Amendment guy, and I think that hate speech is kind of a joke. I don't think people should be horrible to the other team, but I think that we should have the right, and I don't think that that right should be removed under the threat of banning uh, to, to tell them off, to, to cheer against them, to boo them, to yell at them. It's a fine line for some. I don't like it. And I really hate this idea of a permanent ban. I think that's bullshit. I think that's a cowardly move. And I think the idea of permanently banning a fan is pathetic for just about any reason outside of like actual dangerous, right? If someone brings a gun to a game, yeah, maybe don't let them back. Actual criminal behavior, I think, yeah, that makes sense. But if someone shows up and they're drunk and they're rowdy and they, they call another player a, a a fucking cocksucker. Yeah. Is that great? No, especially if there's kids around, but you know what? I don't think this should be banned for life.
maybe for the game, maybe for the season. But for life, come on. I feel like this is actually a, a black mark on the, on the team and on the league. And I think it's, it's a product of 2019 where everyone's terrified to say anything because everybody's offended. And not just that, they seek to be offended and they are absolutely going to come at you. They don't agree with it, be prepared. Uh, that's what I think. And I don't care if other people don't share that feeling. I would prefer, if possible, that everybody can just relax a little bit and we can have fun because I do think that sports should be about fun. I think the jazz games should be fun. Um, sadly, they're less fun now, I think, in that regard. We'll see. Um, lastly, I did want to go over this, uh, this little segment that I'm going to have on these shows um, called Flopping Into Your DMs. Uh, it's a nod to Chris Paul and James Harden, but also to Twitter DMs because I've, I've received some pretty interesting ones and, and I've had submissions from other people. Uh, one submission from somebody who will remain anonymous, they received an unsolicited dick pic from a, a, a fellow jazz fan. I'm going to go ahead and say, don't do that, okay? First of all, I think the adage is true. Nobody wants to see that. If, if somebody says, please send me a picture of your penis, have at it. If they don't say that, I'm going to suggest that you don't send them a picture of your penis. I don't care if your penis should be bronzed because of its impressiveness. Don't do it. It's weird. This person obviously didn't seem to appreciate it very much, especially because the person who sent the picture was married to somebody that they did not send the picture to. I'm also going to go ahead and say that don't do that because adultery is, is uh, it's for pussies. Secondly, uh, the, the DM that I got was from somebody I won't mention either, and they said, I hate you and I'm super mad that you're back. These are not verbatim. Uh, mad that I'm back on Twitter and that the band didn't hold up. Okay, I totally get it. I don't like me very much either a lot of the time. But you know what? You have the right to block me. A lot of people exercise that right. And if I hurt your feelings that badly, maybe think about why that is. Am I hurting your feelings or are you a fucking pussy? I think there's a really good chance it's both of those things. So if people are flopping into your DMs, let me know. I'd be interested to hear it. Uh, lastly, I'm going to have hosts on this. Guests, uh, guests will be coming too, but I am going to have co-hosts. Maybe. We'll see. I'm supposed to have Jared and Who from Hitting the High Notes podcast, which is a great podcast. You should listen. Subscribe to that one. It's a jazz podcast. They're supposed to be co-hosts with me. So is uh, Mac Jeff. We'll see if that ever happens. He's terrified to be on recordings. His feelings were hurt because somebody said his voice sounds like he's on Ambien. Well, that same person said that I sound Canadian. So what the hell does she know? Anne, to the Max, who spells her name wrong because Anne does not have an E in it, is supposed to be a co-host too, apparently. But fuck, if that's ever going to happen. We'll see. It was great having her out here. It's always awesome to have jazz fans who visit the state and go to games I'm going to the game, the Lakers game on 12-4 with somebody who's not from here, uh, but they're a huge jazz fan, and I'm taking them as, as a guest, and I can't wait to see their excitement. They've never been to a jazz game, so that'll be cool. Yeah, so for now, this is really it. This is probably the format. I think it'll be a little bit more organized and a little bit less of me just being a, um, a ranting bitch, but that might be exactly what it ends up being all the time. This is Jazz After Dark. I'm going to try my best to, uh, to bring you somewhat worthy content. And if you don't like it, you can fuck off. And if you do like it, you can fuck off too, but thank you. Nobody has to like this, nobody has to subscribe, but if you wouldn't mind sharing it with people that you think may like it, that would be appreciated. Lots more to come. we got a long season ahead of us. This is Jazz After Dark. Take Newt. Take Newt.